I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hello, good evening, and welcome along, Rush Nation, to the flagship show here on a Monday. Uh, I am, as ever, Dan, and as you can probably tell, uh, Murph is away on holiday. He's having a good time sunning himself at Centre Parks, I believe. So, um, in his absence, we lost one big Buccaneer fan. So, I decided to invite another big Buccaneer fan on to join me. And I'm joined by Ali Cook. Ali, how are you, sir? You well? Yeah, really good. Thank you, Dan. Um, yeah, just thanks for having me on. It's always good to talk. Um, well, we'll try not to talk about Buccaneers. I don't think we've got too many to talk about today. But um, it's always good when we get together and can have a chat about the team. It, it, it don't feel like the flagship show about two Buccaneers fans, so... <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Got to make up the numbers. Ali, for those that don't know, tell people who you are, what you do, where they can find you. Talk us through that a bit. Um, so, yeah, I've, I'm over at FF Dynasty Grill. I started a Dynasty page a couple of years ago. Well, three years ago now, 2019. Um, it was We Are Dynasty Football, I think. And it, I just... I didn't plan on doing much with it, to be honest, but I had a few people reach out to me and just ask me some dynasty questions. And it just felt really good to be able to help a couple of people. And they came back to me and said, look, I won the league and, you know, fantastic. So it just gave me that drive to to try and produce content. I've always been into writing content. Um, I've written some football content before in the past, a lot about 
Ch- uh, Chelsea and transfer and stuff like that before. So, right. so I enjoy writing. So that's where it started. And then, um, but yeah, just changed my page to FF Dynasty Grill, and it, it's it's gone really well so far. And I just love interacting with with people and just um, sharing ideas, pretty much. And um, just yeah, so it took off and just started writing articles for King Fantasy Sports and and the Touchdown, and and yeah, just just carried it on, and and here we are. And you uh, co-host a part of your own pod as well, which I'm a big fan of listening to every week. Tell us about that. The Fantasy Wildcard, yeah, it's fantastic. It's just basically now, it's like three mates talking to each other. It's Kevin, Matt and myself. Um, we're now growing our team as well. So there's the six of us. There's going to be a new show coming out soon for the for the start of the season, which is incredibly exciting. Um, but yeah, we started, well, I, I joined just over a year ago before last year's Streamathon. And it's mm-hmm. coming up to this year's stream of fun, which will be this Saturday. Um, so it's, it's uh, yeah, 16 hours where we just talk dynasty football. We talk about every single NFL team and it is fantastic. We've got some great guests coming on. Um, looking forward to it. And just most importantly, raising money for, for Mind Charity. We raised a great amount of money last year. So I know it's difficult times this year, but um, yeah, we're hoping to raise a bit more money this year and, just have a really good good day of it. We're going to be releasing all the content as as podcasts if you can't catch up during the day. So um, it's going to be a fantastic day. It's a bit of a grueling day, but it's uh, it's incredibly rewarding. It is. I, I listened to. I'm not going to lie. I missed all of it last year. I, I dipped in and out as and when time allows. 16 hours doing this for an hour, <laughs> an hour and a half every week is uh, is enough. So 16 hours. I have full respect for what you guys do. The fact that you do it to raise funds for for those in need as well is is fantastic. And seeing the list of guests you've got coming on, there is a literal plethora of talent joining you throughout. Um, and I'm sure if people tune in, they will take something away from the show. And no matter what stage they they join in, so um, fully recommend that. And I'm sure we'll get you to give it one more bash at the end before we call it a day to to remind people where and when it is. But to today, you're here. We had a chat. We're going to have a look back at the winners and losers of the draft. So me and Murph looked at the NFL draft a couple of weeks ago. We spoke about some obvious key winners and losers, but we wanted to dive a bit deeper into it, a bit into the redraft season coming up and those players that we feel really might benefit from the situation they now find themselves in uh, and those that potentially may harm you in redraft this year rather than the dynasty aspect of the longer term uh, and things working out. We thought we'd sit and have a little look into this year, a bit more of an immediate impact. Um, some of the charity competitions, invites are going out for. So so those players that might help you in those leagues or potentially hinder you the other way. So I thought we'd have a little run through position by position, perhaps, um, and see what we thought. So let's start at the top, shall we? QB winners. Who sort of sticks out to you as being a, a really good proposition this year for redraft based on, on those factors? Well, to start off with, I think... The obvious one was the big trade of the night, which was AJ Brown getting traded to the the Philadelphia Eagles, which was a massive shock for me. It was it was getting late in the night, and I thought, did I see that right? Have they just traded AJ Brown to to the Eagles? And the the quarterback, obviously Jalen Hurts, is is a massive winner for for redraft this year. Um, obviously, longer term implications might not be great for Hurts if he can't take the next step, but um, fantastic for this year. Now he's got two really good weapons on the outside. He's got a great tight end. We know the Russian ability that Jalen Hurts brings to that offense. So Jalen Hurts got to be the biggest winner of the night, probably for me to get an elite target in AJ Brown. Um, 
I personally don't like it for AJ Brown, but for, for Jalen Hurts, it's fantastic. He's going to be, we know the Russian that he brings. If he can have that again this year, he was already a top dynasty, uh, top fantasy quarterback last year. So now the fact that he's got not just Devonta Smith in his second year, um, looking to take that next step, but AJ Brown, who is an elite target, he's, he's going to be one of the first quarterbacks drafted in, in redraft for sure this year and probably will be for me as well, to be honest. Yeah, I'm someone who's higher on Hurts than most. I think coming into last year, people said he needed to have a big year. It's his prove himself year and so on. And he took a, I think it's fair to say, a mediocre Eagles team to the playoffs, which I think was the best they could aspire to last year. Um, they obviously have traded. They've got AJ Brown, as you say, which is a, a huge addition to that roster for them. More importantly as well, I think they didn't go out and draft somebody to rival Hurts at the position either, <clears throat> which... Mm-hmm. It only wanted a young pretender to come in, whether it be a full fifth round pretender even, somebody that they could go, well, if he doesn't perform, there's a backup there waiting to step in who who could do this job. The, the Eagles have gone, no, we've seen enough. Last year was his previous year. He delivered. Let's give him the tools. Let's back him and let's move forward. And they've took that pressure off. A bit like, I guess the Dolphins didn't do with Tura at the time when they had Fitzpatrick around. They, they had that, do we, don't we? They haven't got that debate. They haven't got that argument. They've done away with one side of it. We're rolling with Tua, uh, with Hurt, sorry. Um, and as you say, AJ Brown's a huge addition into that roster for him. So, yeah, I, I'm expecting big things from Hurts this year. So, yeah. Anybody else kind of stick out to you? Yeah. Um, Davis Mills is another one. Yeah. Uh, pretty similar to what you just said, really, there, and that they didn't, the biggest winner for me, because they didn't draft any competition, which was. Pretty, a bit of a surprise, but just knowing the fact that the them rookies were in free fall in the draft, I know we expecting Malik Willis to, to go round one. I know a lot of, some in the media had him going number two overall to the to the Lions, but he obviously fell completely out of round one and then out of round two as well. So, yeah, to, for them not to even be tempted by any of the the rookie quarterbacks that fell to the third, fourth, fifth round, just spoke a lot about their belief in Davis Mills to take that that step forward. I think I personally like what I saw from him last year. He wasn't flashy, but there was a few good games fantasy wise. Um, and the fact he didn't really have a lot to play, he had Brandon cooks and, and not a lot else there, to be honest. And now they've upgraded that. They've given him some, some extra weapons. They've drafted John Mechie, who I'm quite, quite high on as a rookie. They've, they drafted a guard in round one um, in Kenyon green. So they're, they're wanting to protect him as well. And just, this speaks volume of their confidence in him. And just the fact if, you know, he, he can potentially be a, a decent quarterback too for you this, this season. Um, he produced good enough numbers last year and I think he can be good enough. And then longer term, he could secure that quarterback spot for, for the Texans. Yeah, I agree. As a, in a redraft league where it's super flex or a QB2 or you need a third QB, Davis Mills' value at the minute is, is way down on the board. Um, he's going to be a guaranteed starter as it stands. Um, <clears throat> obviously, there's a few QBs out there in possibly available for trades in Garoppolo and people like that. But at the minute, there's there's no reason why the Texans haven't shown any faith in Davis Mills to to roll with him through the year. So I have to agree. I think he did he did fair for what he had to work with last year. Um and this I think is his proving year, but I think he's shown enough to say that he could perhaps perhaps deliver. Um one I put down on here was was Tua. I mentioned him a little bit earlier but the Fitzpatrick situation went and they kind of rolled with him. And again, this year they've gone out and it wasn't necessarily from the draft, but free agency. They went out and got Tyreek Hill. And again, similar to the two we've mentioned, they didn't draft another quarterback in. 
um, and they have kind of now supplied to her with the weapons to to really prove their self, I feel. So, yeah, again, it's, probably falls in that wide receiver two bracket, would you say? Yeah, quarterback two for me. I, I certainly have got, I've got plenty of belief in two. I had him as my rookie, rookie quarterback one over Joe Burrow. So I do hope that he can take that next step, but it's going to be a make or break year for Tua. Um, I think if he doesn't show enough and he doesn't maybe send the, the Dolphins to the playoffs with all the weapons that he's got this year, then I think they may look to move him on. But um, I think he's got all the tools to to produce. I think he was absolutely fine last year. I think his stats were good. He won games for the for the Dolphins. He he didn't turn the ball over too much. Yeah, he made some silly mistakes, but then you're going to do that. You know, he missed a lot of time because of the the injury. So I'm I'm all in for two of this year. Certainly, as a the quarterback too. Yeah, if you can't perform with Tyreek Hill as a receiver, then you're probably not going <laughs> to right. So exactly, um, exactly yeah. Another couple I wrote down was was Drew Lock and Geno Smith. Now, I guess I've got them as winners by the fact that the Seahawks didn't, against all expectation, go and get a QB as they started falling. Mm-hmm. They obviously acquired Lock as, as part of the trade for for Russell Wilson, and whether they're happy with what they've got in the house or not remains to be seen. As we said, there's a few QBs out there potentially available for trade and and so on. Do you see one of them getting that starting role and benefiting, or do you think there's still moves to be had in the QB room in Seattle? I'm def- I'm in two <clears throat> minds because I think that they should 100% roll with Drew Locke or Geno Smith for this year because I don't see them competing in that division. It's such a tough division. I think they they shouldn't use any of their assets they've got for next year to try and trade for Jimmy G because they're not going to get not going to get where they need to be with with that quarterback. So. They should absolutely roll with one of those two guys this year. See what they got in in Drew Locke. I mean, he's got decent weapons around him in DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. He's got a good tight end. Noah Fant, obviously, he's he's full aware of from his his time in Denver. So I think they should roll with with those two. Um, and just uh, it's likely that they're going to get pretty pretty high draft pick come next year. Then that they might be in a position to to take a quarterback, but. But knowing Pete Carroll, he's he's never in rebuild mode. He's always in try and win now by yeah. And we we saw that in the draft by taking the running back Kenneth Kenneth Walker, a sort of a a win now move rather than a, a view for the future. So, I mean, who knows what they're going to do? But if it was me personally, I, I'd roll with those two guys, and I think they might well do that now. I also don't see Jimmy G being a particularly cheaply acquirable trade, being this in division as well. I can't see the Niners wanting to. No. And they want him off their roster, I guess, to an extent, if they're happy with that. But I think at the minute they'd sooner sit and keep him and see how, how Lance goes than necessarily strengthening a, a division opponent there. So what about on the flip side to that? What about losers? Who do you feel come out of the draft that you you may be looking to shy away from a little bit? Or who do you feel didn't benefit very well from it? Um, yeah, there's quite there's quite a few losers, actually. Uh, a couple yeah. a couple of big ones that lost key weapons. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers with Devontae Adams. Um I personally, it's obviously a big loss to have maybe the best wide receiver in the NFL to, to lose him. Um, but but at the end of the day, it is Aaron Rodgers. So you're not going to see him fall off the hill and just finish as a quarterback 18 or something like that. He's going to be he's top 10 with whatever weapons he's got. Um, so I've not got too many worries about Rodgers. He might be a decent target for me in trades, sorry, in drafts this year because, because that value I think you're going to get from Rodgers. I think people are going to pass on him because of the loss of Devontae Adams, but it's certainly a loser for sure because, I mean, he was the MVP with Devontae Adams last year. So um, it's definitely a loss. And then Justin Fields, so staying in, in that division, 
I think is a is a massive loser this year. Just um, losing Alan Robinson, all right. He he didn't really show up at all last year, but then just didn't replace him really with with anybody of note. I think they've got Byron Pringle and and then they've got the the rookie, the the twenty four year old rookie that he's, he's very fast and you know can be impressive. But um, yeah, I've just not got much faith in in that organization as a whole, to be honest. And it just might stunt his growth from from year one to year two for Justin Fields, which which is a shame because I absolutely love what he showed last year. Some flashes. It's obviously a Konami code quarterback that can that can do it all in fantasy, but um, definitely has to be a loser for me just because I think if they'd give him decent weapons around him, then it it could have been a really good season for Justin Fields. But I just I just worry that he might get a bit overdrafted this year because because of his rushing, but the fact that he's not got decent weapons to throw to now. I get that. I mean, I saw somewhere that they asked uh, Justin Fields for a list of receivers that he'd be happy with and wanted to work with and would look forward to. And also, they did get Relus Jones, and apparently he was on that list. He was somebody that, that Fields was was happy to have <laughs> join their roster. So I guess they didn't support him to the general eye in terms of a big-name stud receiver coming in, of which there was a few in the draft. But I guess they have in the fact that they've gone and got somebody asked for and Aaron Rodgers has been asking for a, a wide receiver of note for years and they never deliver. So the Bears in that regard, I guess, have kind of backed their man. It just probably isn't in the name that we all expect, but maybe they're happy doing it Yeah, that way. Maybe they see something we don't. And it, it it's difficult to judge when, you know, we've not seen him play in the NFL yet, Velas Jones. So you can't, you can't judge too quickly, you know, an older prospect in, in the NFL. He could, he could come in and be the next Tyreek Hill. You just, you don't know. He might he might fit in really well with Justin Fields, and then Darnell Mooney could take the next step again. He was he was fantastic last year. The chemistry between those two, so um, so he's still got okay weapons. But I think I think they had plenty of cap room as well. I think they could have could have helped out their their year two. Uh, that's year fair. Two that's fair enough. One of the ones I thought missed out perhaps was um, Marcus Mariota. Obviously, he got picked up by the Falcons. Looks set to be the starter on the leaving of, of Matt Ryan. I think he was an old offensive coordinator in there now as head coach of his as well, so knows the system and the setup. And then obviously they go and they go and pick up Desmond Ritter. And to my eyes, I can't see a world where Ritter doesn't not necessarily start week one, but certainly doesn't take that role at some stage during this season. Are you of similar mind? Yeah, I think so. I think just the fact that the Falcons as well, they're I don't think they're gonna be a very good team come this year that they're going to want to ex- just at least look at what they've got in their rookie and Desmond Ridder with, with an eye in the future. So I can, I can see Mario probably starting the first six to eight games. And then if, if they're lo- like two and six or something like that, then I think they're going to, they're going to take a look at Desmond Ridder because I think they've got a decent quarterback in Ridder. Um, he's, he's a great leader. Um, they've obviously drafted Drake London in the first round. They've, they've started to, to bring in some some added weapons, obviously Kyle Pitts is is going to go crazy in year two. So, um, yeah, I agree with him being a loser because I think I think Desmond Ridder will certainly be the quarterback come the end of the season. Yeah, and the other two we got on our list, both of the Titans here, we got Malik Willis, who's obviously falling, and the fact that perhaps he was coming out as most people's QB one from the draft, and he's fell in a spot where, well, let's face it, he's not going to start this year, barring an injury, quite possibly. Uh, and the one that goes hand in hand with that, I guess, is Ryan Tannehill, because the Titans have gone out and got a young QB to sit behind him. So where do you sit on them two? Well, Tannehill, I think, um, loses the most through the AJ Brown trade and the fact that 
he was brilliant. His stats are brilliant with AJ Brown in the lineup, but then when AJ Brown's not in the lineup, he's, they're not very great at all. And I think the Titans are still all in this year, so I think he's got to be a little bit careful. Um, they got the number one seed last year, so they're still a decent team in their own right, but I think they're going to take a step back just because Traylon Burks is a great wide receiver, is still in my top tier rookie coming in, but he's not AJ Brown, certainly not in year one. So I don't think it's a like for like replacement. And I think it'll take him time to get correlated into the NFL. And in, in that respect, I think Ryan Tannehill definitely takes a step back this year. He's got Robert Woods coming in. who's coming off a, a major injury, but I'm a big fan of Robert Woods. So I hope he can take up that mantle and, and, and help Brian Tannehill. Um, and then Malik Willis again. I don't see him start. I don't see a way he's starting this this year. Just the amount that he fell. I, I think Ryan Tannehill gets the whole year. I think they make the playoffs just because of how weak that division is. Um, but then if he can't take the next step to get him to the Super Bowl or close, then I think they will look to replace Tannehill maybe next year. I think there's an there's an out on his contract. So I think. I think in a year's time, Malik Willis becomes interesting, but right now he's definitely a loser just with how much he fell. It was it was pretty shocking to me, and obviously the NFL team saw a lot of a lot of concerns in in Malik Willis to far. So they've both got to be both got to be losers. Yeah, me and Mer spoke a lot before around the show on just after the draft about how all of the organisations must have been so low on the QBs coming out this round because there are still viable QBs out on the open market or out available for trade. Um, they're not getting picked up. So you presume these guys are going to go and draft the cheaper option. And yet they still never, um, which just says we mentioned earlier, Drew Locke. If Drew Locke goes in this draft, the chances are he goes in the first round as one of these teams anyway. You know, yep. So it just gives you an idea as to quite where the organizations and I guess the experts in that matter are on these, these young QBs this year. So I think, I agree with you. I think someone like Desmond Ritter will potentially have some kind of fantasy value late on if you're in a super flex redraft somewhere and you can get him at a reasonable price. I think it might be worth taking a flying punt on because I think he will. They're going to be behind. They're going to have to throw the ball. They've got receivers around him. Um, whereas someone like Manic Willis, I think almost by an injury, becomes undraftable in redraft this year. Yeah. For me. Yeah. So I agree. And I think... If you're going to take Marcus Mariota, I think you're able to get him quite late on. Why don't you take Desmond Ritter as well, really late on? So then you've got the pair. If if Mariota doesn't doesn't see out the season, you can bring in Desmond Ritter for them last three games. It really does feel like a, a Garoppolo and Lance last year, right? Yeah, big time. <laughs> uh, I wonder if we'll see Tom banging the drum for the young guys he does the Niners <laughs> trade hunts, but uh, we shall see. Um, so moving on there, running backs, we'll, we'll go through a similar process again. I mean, who who are your winners in the running back position? Who who benefited for you? Um, James Connor is a big, big winner for me, just again, because they didn't didn't look to really bring in a decent name back. There was a lot of speculation that one of the two big big running backs, Brees Hall or Kenneth Walker, were gonna get drafted to, or the Cardinals were interested in in that second round and they never got aggressive. It never happened and um I think they brought in one one rookie running back, Keontae Ingram, and I mean, there's there's now James Connor, um, and Ingram, and the names eluding me of the the other second year running back. But there's not a lot of competition behind Connor right now. I mean, they could Eno Benjamin. That's it, Eno Benjamin. Um, yeah, how can you forget Eno? <laughs> of course. Now, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, he's he's hardly seen the field. I mean, he didn't he have that one 
he had what, maybe one game or one flash last season. I can't remember, yeah. but um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's it's not exactly got Chase Edmonds behind him. It's not like a one A one B. He's gonna be it's gonna be the guy. And I mean, he got so many touchdowns last season. I, I can't see any of the other running backs taking that sort of goal line back roll off him. So again, he's gonna be he's gonna be a decent value. I think in in redraft leagues this year, just because it is is a high high powered offense with with Kyler Murray and and then weapons. So I think James yep. James Connor is definitely a a big winner coming into the the season. Well, Connor did really well on his touchdown touchdown scores last year as well. It was a big part of him in fantasy terms. Um, I, I can't see it progressing. I don't think it was because he was the only one there. I don't think it was anything. I think they were designed situations. They were designed plays for Connor in that offense, and I can't see that changing with what they've got there. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I expect him to deliver a very similar result again, based on that fact that just like the it wasn't luck, it wasn't injuries. He got there based on the way the Cardinals' offense is set up, and it's almost in an identical situation this year. So, yeah. Um, talking of touchdown scores, someone that really was hindered last year was, was Miles Sanders hmm. um, at the Eagles, and we spoke about Jalen Hurts and the AJ Brown trade. But I've got Miles Sanders as a winner of this draft for me because. I think the faith shown in Tua, and I think the faith shown in Sanders, despite the lack of touchdowns last year, is promising. I think the fact they've brought in AJ Brown and some more offensive line help is going to benefit Sanders. And because of last year, he is a very reasonable price based on redraft right now. And I can't see him having a zero touchdown year again <laughs> whatsoever. I, I, I really can't. Can you? No, definitely not. I mean... They weren't they the team that had the most rushing yards in in the NFL, and it's just shocking to see that he, he didn't get any touchdowns. And um, yeah, he's he's definitely got to be a big winner just because again they didn't they didn't look in the draft or or really looking free agency to bring in another name to compete against him. It's going to be the same backfield we saw last year. Yeah. We're going to get plenty of rushing from him from the quarterback. Um, so yeah, he's definitely got to be a big winner. Um, got to be positive regression um in, and they're going to be a more competitive team this year with that improved offense um i think the the eagles are in a decent position in in the nfc east and he's going to get plenty of opportunities to to score this year let's put it that way yeah i think so i think miles is a big one for me anybody else there that sticks out to you as a as a nice pickup or do you want to look at the losers yeah well we've got kenneth walker um yeah obviously the rookie just come in the the Seahawks have said before the draft that they want to run the ball more. They're looking to to run. Can it they run possible. the ball more? And a, Can <laughs> Pete Carroll physically run the ball more? <laughs> I mean, I think they're going to have to just because they've not got Russell Wilson anymore to bail them out. They've got what Drew Lock and Geno Smith as we mentioned, so they're going to have to lean on that running game. Um, it's going to be all Walker and it's going to be some Penny. We don't know what Chris Carson's doing. Whether he's ever going to play again. Um, so Kenneth Walker is going to come in. They've drafted him early round two, and it's just going to get a ton of work. Whether it's going to be plenty of touchdowns, we don't know what sort of scoring opportunities he's going to get. But in terms of PPR, I think he can catch the ball absolutely fine. There's talks that he obviously he didn't catch the ball a lot in in college, but I know that he can do it. Um, they're going to have to lean on him, and and then Rashad Penny, he can't ever keep healthy, so he, he ended the year fantastically. But but I think Kenneth Walker is going to come in and be the guy. They're going to lean on him, um, and he's, he's just going to have a fantastic season just because of the amount of touches. He's going to be an ex, extremely safe running back, and I think he, he might be a bit of a, a value just because he's a rookie, he's on a bad team, 
so people might yeah. look look in a different direction but um but it's just he's going to be an extremely safe court um runner back to take i agree with you i mean he's on a run first offense at the best of times anyway um chris carson as you said personally i can't see chris carson playing football again but i hope for his sake he can if that's what he chooses to do yeah um yes i think the seahawks enter the year with richard penny being their their running back one probably for three weeks before richard penny gets injured again let's face it it's not <laughs> going to be forever so at some stage i can see kenneth walker taking over the main role there um whether it be through his ability or whether it be through default and injury um young rookie plenty of wheels on tire on the tread in a run first offense without a star qb um he's going to get the workload and the carries anyway regardless so i agree i think he's a runner and I, i'm in a redraft draft right now 12 team he's gone two places after richard penny one at 10 7 wow. and one at 10 9. wow which i actually i think walker will outperform penny this year purely on the basis i think penny misses games at some stage mm. I, uh, as i said yeah. i think penny will start it lead it I, I can't see him being fit which is why i think if penny was a healthy back you can move him up three rounds and walker probably down too mm-hmm. but with the injuries he's had and the history he's got they're very similar very close together in redraft and i think their performance might be very similar i wouldn't be surprised to see a very sort of denver-esque last year performance when mm-hmm. i had Javante williams and melvin gordon and trying to rotate and keep them both helping give them a really equal workload to, to try and spread that out um, yeah to protect penny as much as anything else yeah penny's missed uh, um, i think penny's missed 29 games in his four-year career so far yeah. so it just shows that he he can't be trusted to <laughs> To be healthy for at least well half half the season would be a decent season for him probably a good best ball pickup beyond yep. that trying to pick which game he's going to go down and is going to be horrendous <laughs> yes so yeah um we did say we'd steer clear of the bucks as much as possible but another winner i've got and it might not stand out to everybody i guess is leonard fournette and i guess we've looked before now about the winners being somewhere where competition hasn't been drafted now the bucks did draft rashad white fairly early on in the draft as well um, I don't see that taken away from Fournette. I actually see that as it's another back to help rest Fournette, which mm-hmm. will actually benefit him over the course of the season. Does that make sense to you as a Bucks fan as well? Or? Yeah, definitely, because uh, the, they completely lost faith in Ronald Jones last year. I mean, he was, yeah. pathetic, he was pathetic trying to catch the ball, and obviously Tom Brady yeah. wants to throw the ball to his back, so... So bringing yeah. in someone that can catch the ball. Um, we saw Fournette get injured towards the playoffs as well. He missed a couple of games. So he's a key player for the Buccaneers and they want to keep him healthy, as you said. So to, to have Rashad White, I think he can come in straight away. Um, it'll be a bit of him, a bit of Keyshawn Vaughan, um, a bit of Gio Bernard on the side as well. I think they're all going to help Fournette because he's 100% he's going to be the back. And I would I'd bet my house on him being the top, top 10 running back again this year because... Tom Brady loves him. The organization loves him. He catches a ton of balls. I think he was what the top top target running back or t- in the top two yeah. or three anyway from last season. Yeah. So again, I think it only helps him keep fresher for for the season. So I don't think, as you mentioned, don't think it takes away from him. I think it actually actually helps him for this year. That's it. I think his opportunities will lessen, but I think if he misses 15% of the opportunities, I think that's better than missing three games for injury. And I think that's what the, mm-hmm. it will allow him having that extra back in there. So Fournette for me is somebody who 
if he can stay healthy with the offense the Bucks have got, could be looking at a, a top five running back performance if they all get injured like they did last year, uh, and especially yeah. in PPR leagues. So um, I think it's a huge opportunity. What about the losers at the position? I know there's going to be one that's going to jump right out to most people, <laughs> but who are, your, who are your losers in the running back position? Yeah, we might, we might as well start and get them out of the way, but it's... <laughs> It's, <laughs> sorry, Matt. But it's it's Michael Carter, um, and um, yeah, fair play to him. He's admitted that Michael Carter is is pretty much done in in fantasy. Um, I do see a small role for him, but then there's also other running backs that he shared the the, the work with last year that are still there, and Ty Johnson and that. So I don't think it's just going to be all Brees Hall and then Michael Carter catching the third down passes. I, I do think that there's going to be some others in there as well. So. Um, if anybody hoped Michael Carter could be a sneaky sort of running back one, running back two this year, it's just it's not going to happen now. Um, it's going to be all Brees Hall. He's it's complete free down back. He can do it all. So Michael Carter, we always had to be wary of him with that draft capital that he got. Um, he's always going to be wary that the Jets could strike, especially with their early picks, and and they have. So unfortunately, Michael Carter, you've got to just. I don't know, just <laughs> stop thinking about him now. He's someone that you could throw in late just because yeah. you're of injuries. Brees Hall could pick up an injury. Um, he's a perfect handcuff. But, but yeah, other than that, right? he's a handcuff. That's all he, yeah, it's all he is yeah. now. But but yeah, definitely a, a high, you know, decent handcuff. He's up there with, with the better ones now because we've seen what he can do when he was given most of the work last season. So um, he's only one injury away, yeah. uh, which is why we always say pick up these handcuffs from, from being really relevant especially in a redraft especially if it's like a charity competition it, it can make or break your opportunities and your chances and that thing. so um yeah slightly off topic still on Michael Carter if I've got a complaint because I've spent most of my time from January to April going out and acquiring Michael Carter um do you have a way of contacting Matt <laughs> so I can officially blame him personally for this <laughs> absolutely <laughs> I can give you his name address I give you awesome. central number <laughs> Um, but I was, I was I was with you as well. I like Michael Carter because... anyway. I fell into Matt's trap. I bought it even more. I went out and acquired <laughs> probably four or five additional Michael Carter shares to what I had anyway. And then wow. in the space of the night, threw the lot away. So thanks, Matt. But at least at least you got Tom Brady off me for the fourth round pick. I did. Yes, I forgot all about that. That was <laughs> about two days after he retired, I believe. I think after he's like the 410 for Tom yeah. Brady, which could be the steal of the year this year. So I also went out and got a load of <laughs> Antonio Brown in different places last year when he went for fourth round picks, but um, they don't look quite as quite as promising right now. So <laughs> No. Um other losers at the position? I mean, Rashad Penny's one. Obviously, we mentioned the fact that a young competition's come in there, even if he does lead out, let's say, whether it be for ability or whether it be for injury. Uh, I think Rashad Penny's season's going to yeah. be hindered somewhat. Um, the other one that I yeah. came to, may not be an obvious one, I guess, but, but Zach Moss. I mean, he kind of was a loser last year anyway. I think he was the lead back going into the year, and for whatever reason, Sidney mm. Kerry showed him up big time and took that role clean off him. Um, and now the Bills mm-hmm. have gone out and and drafted James Cook as well. And James Cook, I think, is going a bit earlier for for my liking. But I think that literally mm-hmm. spells the end of Zach Moss, right? Yeah, hundred percent. I think I was surprised that they they took James Cook that early, just because I don't I don't see him having a, a like a free down skill set like like a Brees mm-hmm. Hall or a Kenneth Walker. I thought they were going to target someone like that. 
Um, just someone different to what they've already got. He sort of just fits the same sort of role that Devin Singletary is a great pass catcher. Um, James Cook is a smaller back, so he's not going to shoulder all the work. Um, but yeah, Zach Moss, he was disappointed for me because I bought into him last off season just with the hope that he could be that number one back. And for whatever reason, he just he didn't bring it. And the Bills, they're a great organisation. They're smart. So they obviously don't see a lot in him. And it's just an after four now. So um, it's all Singletary. I think Singletary was a big winner. Um, but yeah, James Moss, uh, sorry, Zach Moss yeah. is is. Yeah, not someone that I'm interested in in taking. Um, but another loser that I've thought of is um, Antonio Gibson of yeah. the the Washington really? Commanders, as, as they are now. Just yeah, just for some reason. I mean, I'm one of his biggest fans. Yeah. I have to say, so I hate p- putting him in this category. But they drafted they drafted a, a rookie running back this this year, and they obviously don't believe in in Antonio Gibson. I, I think he's got all the skill set to be. To be a free down back is they just they don't toss in the ball enough. Um, I think he can be fantastic. Is sort of Christian McCaffrey light. He's obviously not. He's not up there with McCaffrey. But I saw a lot in him, and I've still got loads of shares of Gibson. But I've had to just move him down with rankings, and even for this year, not yeah. just for Dynasty. I think that it's not going to be all of him this year. There's there's certainly more competition. Um, just that organization, they don't they don't always they don't believe in Antonio Gibson as much as a lot of us dynasty and fantasy players do now. Yeah, I, I don't see Robinson taking a huge workload from Gibson, but even before the end of the season, when we saw, I want to say Patterson from memory, um, take a bit of that workload mm. off him. And I think, again, that's the the commanders as it now is. I think protecting him, he's had some injury trouble and so on. So I think they're always going to be wary of putting all their faith and all their eggs in that basket and, and that basket coming up unhealthy again. Um, it's too big a proposition for him to go down on, I guess. So, um, how about your wide receivers? Anyone jump at you as as, as being a huge benefit? Yeah, um, Michael Pittman stands out. Uh, had a fantastic year last. Huge fan of Michael Pittman. Yeah, he was fantastic year last year. I've got plenty of shares of Pittman. I've been uh, a bit. I've been a big fan of him from the start, and um, I think the fact that he's got. Matt Ryan is his quarterback now. I think that's a big upgrade on Carson Wentz. Um, I think it, that can only improve him. I think Matt Ryan still can absolutely sling it. At, at th- I think he's 36, 37 years old. Um, so I think Pittman's in for a really good year. And then the fact that he avoided a lot of the big names. I know Alec Pierce landed there, who I'm a big fan of as well. I, I do see though, Me too. those yeah. two are, are very similar, but I think they're going to complement each other really well. There's two decent threats there. They can both go vertical. They can both win all over the all over the field. So I think Michael Pittman's got to be a big winner, and certainly interested in him in in like the charity leagues, the redraft leagues. I think Michael Pittman is is still quite undervalued in the community. I think there's a lot of people don't think that he can take that next step, but I'm interested to see what he can show with with Matt Ryan this year. I, I agree. They've got the running game to back it up as well. I think Alex Pierce was. A great addition for them. It showed enough faith in Pittman that he can lead their offense while still giving him someone to complement his ability and skill. So um, I'm a huge fan of Michael Pittman personally. Anybody else jump at you in the wide receiver? For me, I think yeah, John well, a. Johnson was a big one. I haven't put it on the list, so I've caught you on the hop here. But I, they, <laughs> they've grabbed Kenny Pickett, who, regardless of being a rookie and regardless of, as we said, the talent coming out of QB, has to be an upgrade on. Ben Roethlisberger, right, and the ability to throw the ball. 
So mm-hmm. um, would you agree? Do you think John A. Johnson can benefit there? Yeah, big time. I'm a massive fan of Jonte mm-hmm. Johnson. Um, have been fr- from the start. Absolutely love the guy. Probably still have him ranked lower than he should be, but he's just a fantastic wide receiver. He can do it all. And as you mentioned, it's definitely got to be a quarterback upgrade. Um, but we're interested to see if Kenny Pickett can can win that court that quarterback battle. Um, I think he probably can just because of the the draft capital they put in him. I think I think they believe in him. They've always liked him from the start. So uh, Deontay Johnson, I think a big winner. I think it's going to help that uh, they've also got George Pickens coming in. I think he's an absolute beast as well. Um, so they've got some decent weapons and it's only going to help Deontay Johnson get get open more and then Kenny Pickett can, can find him because at the end of the season, Big Ben couldn't throw more than five or ten yards. So definitely an upgrade. So dependent on yards after catch, wasn't it? And yeah, I think Deontay Johnson was wide receiver eight in PBR leagues last year with a, a QB that couldn't throw the ball to him. So any kind of addition mm-hmm. there is surely going to benefit him. I hope they can hit that that timing and that rapport off straight away that you need. It may take a couple of weeks to get going, but AJ Brown's probably worse, and we may come on to that in a minute. But um, yeah, there's certainly a, a scope there for one or two position jump for me for for Deontay Johnson from mm-hmm. that wide receiver eight position already. So, um, any others for you? Yeah, well, there's a couple of rookies that we've got on the list. We've got yep. Traylon Burks. Um, for the for the Titans coming in to replace AJ Brown, I mean, I can't see him doing it this this season. But then he's just going to get so many targets because there's there's not that much competition to to go round. Uh, obviously, Robert Woods is yeah. is there as well, but there's not there's not an alpha. That Julio Jones is is now a free agent as well. It didn't really work out for for Julio and the Titans. So I think Traylon Burke's going to come in. He's going to. Hopefully he's gone to a place where they're going to use him in the right way. They're going to use him on the line of scrimmage, take you know, take and dump off passes, some screens, but also some deep shots. And I think he can do it all. He's, he's still in my top tier of my rookie wide receivers. I think he's going to have a fantastic year just because there is not that much competition for the Titans. I think they're a, they're a decent offense, obviously with the run game first, uh, but that's only going to help help Traylon Burks when when the defenders are. Are in the box trying to stop Derek Henry. I think that's going to help Burks get get open and and yeah, I think he can he he could easily absolutely smash it in the first year because he's going to see he's going to see so many targets come his way. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Burks is a winner for me purely on the fact that AJ Brown isn't there anymore and the Titans are going to have to throw the ball to somebody. Yeah, he's going to have the opportunity to show his talent. Uh, whether he grasps it or not is up to him and how mm-hmm. he performs. Um, but he cannot sit there and say he's behind anyone. He can't sit there and say he's a wide receiver two or three on that roster. He has walked into an open slot. Um, all he's got to do now is deliver, and that's on that's on him, I guess. So mm-hmm. um, the other rookie I added to the list was was Sky Moore. Um, somebody I think in drafts we've seen potentially before the draft and landing spot may not even have gone, depending on where he went in a redraft league. But he went to the Kansas City Chiefs, a, a Tyree Killless Kansas City Chiefs, no less. <laughs> Um, and I think that must have catapulted him up redraft boards purely on the basis that there's opportunities there for him, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, he was a rookie that I was <clears throat> interested in, but he wasn't in my. I had six wide receivers in my top tier, and he wasn't. He wasn't really close to them six, to be honest. So I'm not moving him up yeah. massively, but just the fact that yeah, he's got Patrick Mahomes throwing him the ball now, and 
as you mentioned, Torrick Hill's not there to take all the targets. Obviously, Travis Kelsey's going to be the the number one target this year. But but then for wide receivers, it's wide open. If he if he comes in and smashes it, then then who knows how you know how well he can do this year. I think he's definitely worth taking the shot on. Hopefully, his ADP's not creeped up, so it's it's not worth taking him that high. But but then you've got Juju. I, I think Juju's still a fantastic player. He's still still really young, so that could work out. And then you've got Marquez. If anyone Valdez, can get him on the straight Scandal. line, it'd be Andy Reid, right? Well, exactly. Yeah. Um, hopefully, because we've seen the upside that Juju brings. Um, so, but yeah, Sky Moore's got a perfect opportunity. Um, he fell nicely to the Chiefs. It's a, it's a really good fit for him. So, I'll definitely be interested in taking him late on in drafts. But I just, I'm just a bit worried that he's going to get overdrafted, like he's in in rookie drafts, just because. Because that landing spot, people are getting a little bit, little bit excited about him. Yeah, I had him as a winner for me, purely on the basis, similar to Burks, that his performance is within his control. If he can go in there and deliver and show that he's got the goods, he will become an effective player this year in fantasy. If he goes in there and whimpers about and, and doesn't deliver, he's going to be worthless. So, depending on where he's drafted, I think it's a good chance to, to pick him up late in some drafts. Um, I wouldn't necessarily go in there expecting a, a decent wide receiver one two performance from him perhaps but he's certainly somebody that if he can hit his marks and can deliver then he's certainly got the opportunity to break into that that between wide receiver one wide receiver two area uh, and in a redraft comedy could be a really good pickup late in a draft so um anyone else for you before we move on to the losers yeah so Rashad Bateman's got to be yep. one of the biggest winners of the whole draft just because again it was another trade on on opening night which was was pretty shocking that you know, Hollywood Brown went to the the Cardinals to pair up yep. with with Kyler Murray again, and it's a good move for, for for him. And and obviously Rashad Bateman now becomes the clear wide receiver one. All right, it's not a team that likes to throw the ball that often. They're clearly a run first team with Lamar Jackson, but but we've we've seen Bateman. He he really did flash last year. I've, I liked him. Really liked him coming out. Um, so I think he can step up and be that wide receiver one. They're obviously confident because. The the pick they got for um, for Brown, they didn't try and grab a wide receiver. They didn't even pick a wide receiver at all in the draft. So they've obviously mm. got plenty of belief in Bateman. Um, so yeah, I think he's again he could be a little bit overdrafted for me, but he's someone that is capable now. If he if he finishes a fringe wide receiver one, it wouldn't surprise me because I think he's got what it takes and he's got a perfect opportunity. He's going to get a ton of targets. It's going to be him and Mark Andrews yeah. um, that. There's going to be a few others, but Bateman's going to be the number one target. He is. So on the flip side then, what about your, your losers there? Who, who are you not so happy with? Well, the, the first one is probably Devontae Smith, just because of the, the added competition with, with AJ Brown. It, it could end up going both ways. It could, it could free him up a little bit more, but then the fact that this team doesn't throw the ball that much anyway, I think there's going to be less targets for Devontae Smith. So it could just stunt his growth in... In year two, it's someone that I definitely believe in and is someone mm-hmm. I'm interested in. But um, but yeah, just the fact that AJ Brown is is going to be the he's going to come in, he's going to command the number one target share. Um, it's it's going to be great for for Jalen Hurts, as we mentioned, but Devonte Smith, perhaps not so much. Fair. Uh, and one I put on there was um, Chase Claypool. Unlike Deontay Johnson, who I think will benefit from having Kenny Pickett there, uh, I think mm-hmm. Claypool's had. Some issues last year. He had the celebrating of the, the 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 catch he had that weren't a first down that cost him and things. And I think the <laughs> fact that the Steelers went out and got Pickett Pickins 
I think could spell the end for Chase Claypool at the Steelers, mm-hmm. if not this year. I think certainly going onwards, and I think he may start out the season okay. Um, but I think as the year goes on, I think we'll just see Claypool's usage just deteriorate a little bit. Are you in agreement? Or yeah, no, I am. And it, someone that I'm trying to get jump off if if I can. Um, and it's someone that again, a lot of people have got belief in Claypool, but I'm hearing behind the scenes is he's a bit of a muppet. He's the the organisation don't don't now believe in Claypool. Um, so again, I think that was the reason they picked George Pickens. I think he's going to come in. And be that wide receiver too, maybe even in his rookie year, and and Claypool's going to get faded out. I think he, he didn't certainly didn't take the the step after his first year. Claypool was disappointing last year, and um, again, I'm I'm looking to to fade him this year. I think definitely got to be a big loser for me. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, I'm just going to put another one up on here, and this one's a weird one because if we'd have done this show two weeks ago, I've got Chris Alave down, and even a week ago. Chris Alave would probably have been a winner for me. The fact that he went into that Saints team with a very aggressive friend, Jameis Winston at QB, only a, a Michael Thomas really as competition who's been out of the game for two years. Uh, and I think Alave had a direct route to, to be quite high on that offense. And then we've seen recently that the Saints have gone out and picked up Jarvis Landry as well. Um, so I have got that affecting Alave quite, quite a bit. Would you keep him as a winner or a loser, or are you sitting on the fence on this one? I think it. Well, I mean, if they, if Drew Brees comes back and becomes a quarterback, then um, yeah. like he's been talking about today, then he's never going to be able to reach Lave. But but yeah. yeah, I think it it definitely doesn't help him. And Jarvis Landry has been, he, I think he's a five time Pro Bowler. So I mean, he's a decent decent wide receiver. Um, yeah. So I probably wouldn't say he's a massive loser, Lave, but. Um, but yes, it, always with a rookie coming in, you don't know what's going to happen. And then with, with Jameis Winston as well, are they going to they going to let him unleash like we saw with, with Tampa Bay, or are they going to keep him under wraps and just be, you know, on a on a bit of string and just control him a bit more? Um, we I saw mean, him as... last year; he started out okay, but obviously they've had a head coach change as well, and our defensive coordinator has gone in at head coach. So yeah, there's a lot yeah. of unknowns around there. There is a lot of unknowns, and I think Alave is performance this year for me is tied to Michael Thomas mm-hmm. so much that if he can come back from an injury, <laughs> I guess, that's been going on, I think there's something else that's gone on behind the scenes that perhaps we don't know for it to be that long. Whether he is healthy, whether his mind's in it, whether he can come back and pick up the game speed after so long out instantly. Uh, I think Alave is so much more tied to the outcome of Michael Thomas. Yeah than it is anything else. And if Michael Thomas, let's face it, two years ago, was going mid-first round in in redraft leagues, he was a wide receiver one without a shadow mm-hmm. of a doubt. And if if three quarters of that Michael Thomas comes back, I think Alave is a foul for me. Um, if Michael Thomas doesn't get near that, then yeah, Alave could pick up that role. Yeah, it's de- dependent on a few things happening, isn't it? And a lot of, a lot of things could still happen before the season starts. So... Um, Michael Thomas is a is a target hog if he if he does get back to he's still got plenty of time to get back to the lineup and I believe he will at some point this year it's it's a bit strange that we don't really know what's happening with with that foot injury or his his frame of mind it's a bit it's a bit of an odd situation but but yeah if he's back then he's going to be the number one target and it's going to affect all the all the targets there yeah just to make you laugh as a Buck fan I did see a picture today that had um the Saints playbook <laughs> if Drew Brees does yeah. return. 
And it was literally the Madden shot of the play called quick <laughs> yeah. slants. And that was it. Landry one side, Thomas the other. And that was it. That was the extent of their playbook. We're just going to play quick slants with Drew Brees and these two. And I was like, they made it work for so long, the pair of them. They could probably do it again if they if they got yeah. into it. So, um, Anyone else strike who's a loser? At wide um, yeah, we've got Jamal Dotson, or Jahan Dotson, and Curtis Samuel. Yeah. Um, again, it's the, it's the commander's... Not really sure what what they're doing, but Dotson for some was a, was a reach in the draft. Um, but I personally like Dotson. Um, not sure it's the best landing spot for him. Um, Kurt Samuel's there. I mean, he was really disappointed in his first year there. There last year, I thought he could have a re- had a really good season as that gadget player, but it didn't. It didn't happen, and it could be a case of the two cancel themselves out. Um, Terry McLaurin is obviously the. The target hog of that team is going to have another, another decent, another decent season. Um, but those two could just could cancel each other out, and then Carson Wentz coming in. Who knows? I mean, it, it's got to be a bit of an Nothing upgrade. Here with a lot of faith. Well, it? <laughs> well it, yeah, it's Heineke to Wentz. You know, I, I do feel for the the Commanders fans because it's yeah. I'd kind of say if you put a Fitzpatrick in there with Dotson and Samuel McClure in, I reckon you'd probably mm. just about make all of them viable as fantasy options. Just about somewhere in the late flex position. Yeah, having Carson Wentz in there probably destroys two of the three. Yeah, completely agree. Um, another one I put down was Eamon Rasmus Brown. He wasn't somebody I was very high on anyway, and I'm still not. He he delivered fantastically late on in the year last year. Um, but the Lions have still gone out. They've got Jameson Williams coming in, who, barring the injury for me, was the wide receiver one coming into the draft. Yeah. Um, the Lions are going to have. Hawkinson back fit and healthy and a few other guys there that they struggled with last year. And I just cannot see some Brown returning anywhere near the kind of numbers he did at the back end of last season. So mm-hmm. especially with Williams's addition, do you agree? Or? Yeah, I think to start off with, I think Brown's going to be fine because Williams is still an unknown whether he's going to be fit yeah. for the start of the season, how much time he's going to miss. But they got DJ Chark as well as a, as a wide receiver. Again, someone that showed decent decent stats in in the past that can still do it um so yeah i don't i just don't see i'm a bit bit with you dan i didn't i didn't quite see the the fit with with amon ross st brown he obviously done fantastic last season they but i think it's just it was just because of the fact there was not many not many targets to go around or not many, not much competition should i say for for st brown so i think by default i think he he done rather well for where he, he was going in in rookie drafts and the drafts last season, but I don't think he's going to repeat. Um, I think people picking him up because he's probably still going to be drafted quite high this year. I think people will be a little bit disappointed with with what he can produce. Well, in that league I'm drafting right now, he went mid tenth round. Okay, around the area of Drake London, Darnell Mooney, Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, so I yeah. Think London and Mooney both have the potential to outscore him. Oh, massive! Yeah, yeah easily there. Yeah, Martin, yeah, Mooney and, and Drake London could should be wide receiver ones on on their team, and definitely got m- much more upside than what Amon Ross St. Brown has yeah. got um, this year. Uh, and briefly, tight ends. We haven't got too many notes on it, but one that stands out to me is a, a big winner. We mentioned the Bears earlier and how they didn't bring in any help for for Justin Fields. This guy I'm a huge fan of, and I'm we speak every year about what tight ends are going to break out. It was um, oh, it was a guy at the Cowboys. We've been expecting him to break out for three years, and 
Oh, um, oh God's sake, what's his name? I've forgotten his name because it's like, is that relevant now? <laughs> yeah, is Dalton well? Schultz has just taken oh, Blake Jarwin, that's the one. Blake Jarwin, we're waiting for new Blake Jarwin for three years and it never transpired and they've let him go now. But the guy I'm a big fan of, and I think the fact that the Bears didn't bring any real competition for targets in it is Cole Komet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's someone I'm hoping to see big things for this year. Yeah, but we agree with a lot of people, and Cole Komet is someone that I've been banging the drum for last year. Certainly stepped up last year to produce okay figures. Um, and again this year I think he's gonna be he's gonna be someone that can break out. I, I can't see him reaching sort of the top tier, but but certainly that no. as, as a solid tight end one, I can certainly see that in the realm of possibilities for for Komet. He's, he's got great size, he's he's definitely added to his his run route running ability. I think I think he's an absolute fine uh, as a as a tight end you can take. If you don't take one of the top tight ends i like to sort of double dip on tight ends a bit later on yeah. and he's certainly someone I, i'd love to take in and it will certainly he's be taken in. Upside, I feel. definitely yeah Just is there anyone at tight end for you as a winner or a loser that you feel you want to mention um again i think another one that i sort of put in this category is irv smith for the for the vikings okay. again yeah. so they didn't look to they didn't add targets you know wide receiver in in the draft so it's going to be someone that I think can finally break out. I've been talking about it for a couple of years now, but I absolutely love the talent. And it's certainly someone, if I could, you know, take, take Irv Smith and Cole Komet late on in a draft, I'd be happy to to take them rather than a, if, if I miss out on one of the elite, the elite tight end guys. So I think they both got the capability of, of breaking out. And um, this, yeah, the Vikings offense is, you know, it's really decent. Kirk Cousins is, it's an underrated quarterback, so I think um, with, with Tyler Conklin moving on to the Jets, I think Irv Smith's got the the chance to to finally break out this year, hopefully. Well, we spoke already about how your pal Matt has killed me with Michael Carr. We've gone through this draft, and me and you have agreed on a fair few things, so I'm going to lean my bias towards yourself now, Ali, and start listening a little bit more to what you say <laughs> rather than Matt, because he's broke my heart. <laughs> but Irv Smith's not one I'm with you on. Irv Smith, for me, is the next Blake Jarwin. Um, I can't see him coming out. The Eddie injury, we'll see how he comes back. Mm. I don't know. I'd like to be proved wrong for his sake, but um, I just think with Jefferson, Thielen, Dalvin Cook, I I just don't see Irv Smith getting enough opportunity to make him super relevant personally. I think it's on top. Yeah, I think it's make or break this year for Irv Smith. If if he doesn't do it this year, then he's never going to do it um, unless he gets a fresh move away and, you know, but. It's certainly yeah. a big year for him. There's there's plenty of targets to go round, but I think Tyler Conklin was was an okay tight end, and I think O Smith's got a lot more upside than than Tyler Conklin, and he produced some some pretty decent stats last year. So I'm still holding a little bit of hope for, for Smith. So with everything we've discussed, taking in, you're in your redraft, you're in your charity competition, whatever it be, you're in your home league that you do every year. Who's that one player you're looking for? If they get to you, who's the one player you're not leaving drafts without this year? Well, it's going to be it's going to be a bit of a homer pick, but it's going to be it's going to be Le- Leonard Fournette. Just for a lot of the reasons we said earlier, I think Lombardi Lenny. Then Lombardi Lenny, he's back to to pick up another Lombardi this year with with Brady. Uh, he's he's happy that he's finally got his contract. Um, it's going to be a workhorse. There's not that many workhorses in the NFL. I think he's someone yeah. that. Can finish top five, but you're not drafting him as a top five runner back. Um, 
he's going a lot later on in drafts in a fantastic offense that's going to have so many scoring opportunities. His competition, he's obviously lost Ronald Jones. His competition is now a rookie. Obviously, they drafted him fairly high in the third round. But again, could take him a while to get used to the NFL. So the, the, there's him and Keyshawn Vaughn that's never really took the next step. So so yeah. Leonard Fournette is is a massive winner and someone that I'm looking to draft in. You know, once I take maybe my, my first top running back, if I can get him as my running back too, then I'm I'm really happy with that. You are, yeah. The other one you put down was James Connor, as we spoke about earlier. Their yeah. offense is going to be the same as it was last year. There's no real reason sitting here today to believe that his performance is going to regress at all. So, um, yeah, if you pick up four net as a, wide, a running back two and a Connor as a running back three and you've got a top 10 guy already sat on there, you're looking healthy. And even if you went as most do, or some do these days, on a, a kind of less running back heavy approach, mm-hmm. shall we say, and you pick up one of those early wide receivers, those top talents, and you leave a draft with Fournette and Connor as your one and two, yep. you're probably not going to be too disappointed with that anyway, because there's going to be weeks they're going to perform and win you win you matchups anyway. Yeah. I mean, between them, they scored so many touchdowns last season. They're in very similar offenses this season. Connor, yep. the Cardinals haven't got DeAndre Hopkins to the first, what, six games, so will they lean the on the run? Don't have Godwin either for a period of time. Yeah. Similar Ex- position. It- Exactly. So Fournette's going to catch a ton of passes again this year. So both of them are in great shape. I have to agree with both of them. And what about a value pick? Have you got someone that, if it's there, you're okay with taking a punt on? Yeah. So Devonta Smith, I think he showed great great ability last year. Um, I think he can take the next step this year, even with, even with AJ Brown. I know perhaps his targets might might go down. Um, but again, I think he's just going to, because of the AJ Brown going there, I think he's going to, people are going to just overlook him and think, well, I'm not taking him because AJ Brown is, is the wide receiver one in, a, in an offense that doesn't throw the ball much. But I think Devonta Smith's ability just stands out for itself. And I think he can, he'll slip in drafts and you'll be able to take him late on as your wide receiver three, four, five, maybe. And if you go wide receiver heavy and just feel, feel really good about that. Um, I do think the Eagles offense. Yeah, yeah. The one I'm in now, Eamon Rasson Brown went at 10 6. Devonta Smith went after at 11 3. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, Devonta Smith, I'd say he's, his talent is head and shoulders above Eamon Rasson Brown. And in pretty similar opportunities, uh, I mean, Jared Goff is not exactly Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm definitely. I'm loving that value you can get on on Devonta Smith. 11th round, that's, that's yeah. decent. So flip the coin. Who's the one player you're probably not going to have a, a lot of in your redrafts <laughs> this year? Who's the one player you look at and go, really? You picked him there? No chance. <laughs> Who are you missing? Well, it's obviously related to Devonta Smith and it is AJ Brown. And it's not because yeah. I don't I don't like AJ Brown because... I absolutely love the guy. I love the talent. He was my wide receiver three before the move to Philadelphia. So he's moved down a few spots now. But but because of that, I think he's still going to get drafted higher than I want to take him. I don't want to take him because of it. he's obviously a brilliant wide receiver. But just I worry about the offense and can Jalen Hurts take that next step? If he if he doesn't, if he's still got accuracy issues and and that then. I think AJ Brown's going to be very inconsistent this year. I don't think he's going to get targeted an absolute ton. They're obviously still going to be running the ball first. So he's going to be someone that 
I'm just going to avoid to start off with and look for a different wide receiver in that category. So Brown went off the board as wide receiver eight. Okay. In this draft, I mean, um, still, I don't think he's got wide receiver eight performance. And John A. Johnson went two rounds later. I'll pick up John A. Johnson mm. all day long instead of AJ yeah. Brown. But what you've said it. The fact you've done that with Brown and Smith just says something that me and Murph speak about all the time, where when you've got a a one-two and you're in a redraft, take the second option mm. all day long. We spoke about it with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. There was almost identical performances last year. You could probably get Gordon a, a six, seven round reduction. Take yeah. it. AJ Brown there in this instance, the three ten, Javante Smith eleven three. Take the eight round reduction. Yeah. Take Javante Smith. Yeah. Um, we said it with Judy and Sutton. Judy's obviously got a few other issues that may hamper him this year. We don't quite know the full extent. But again, I'll take the value pick rather than the early pick mm-hmm. on that. Always take, in that instance, I guess the second one that, that comes to you. Because all of those guys that, that you take in second, and I'd actually argue, Jamison Williams and Eamon Rasson Brown and possibly even DJ Shark, I'd be quite happy to take whoever comes second or third in that in a draft and and think they're almost going to be equally valuable. Um, and it's yeah. like me and Murph speak about quite a bit is looking at where you don't know who there's a clear one and a clear two take the value pick all day long um and and, and go elsewhere with your draft early on where you know it's a bit of a safer bet it yeah exactly it was a classic with the the 49ers running back last year with with the two rookies elijah mitchell trey sermon coming out i we i was just taking elijah mitchell everywhere i could because he was falling to the fourth fifth round of rookie, rookie drafts and it was so much cheaper and just look how it played out. You know, they, they had an equal opportunity. They don't always look at draft capital on that team. So, um, And now in your dynasty out. leagues, you're selling that, that fourth round pick for a first round pick, right? Exactly. You have to, that's how you make your dynasty team better. You have to keep, yeah. keep getting value where you can and you can. and selling for, for profit. Super. Ali, I think that just about wraps up what we're doing. Um, I'd like to thank you for coming on and joining me. We was due to have Lewis with us uh, who popped on last week, but unfortunately something came up and Lewis couldn't make it. So thanks for extending your vocal cords even further and, and helping out with that one. <laughs> um, again, before we go, you mentioned earlier your streamer fun and what you do. Plug it once again for us. Let's get as many people on there as we can for you. Yeah, so the Fantasy Wildcard streamer fun is this Saturday, the 21st, I think it is, this Saturday. We start at, I believe, 9am and we don't finish yeah. until... 2 a.m. which is which is in which is interesting it's going to be 16 hours of just pure well it's going to be dynasty talk but i mean we talk about you know what's going to happen this year we talk about every single nfl team we've got some fantastic guests coming on and um, we're, we're raising money for mind charity which look after people with with mental health struggles which we've seen so many people including myself sort of having mental health struggles during the lockdown and, and things like that and they can really help out people. So they're certainly close to our hearts. So we're, we're raising money for those. So, I mean, if you can join us for an hour, 10 minutes, whatever, during during Saturday, we'll, we'll be on um, live streaming. Um, you can find us on the Fantasy Wildcard. And we're going to have lots of fun, great guests, and, yeah, talking all about fantasy football and, and raising some important money for, for mine, Jerry. Great. Um, I don't know how you're partner lets you do 16 hours straight lunch <laughs> in a room on my own for an hour um i know you'll be talking about all sorts you'll probably be talking about what you're having for dinner and breakfast and lunch being on that <laughs> long um, but i will be tuning in i can't unfortunately cover the whole thing i'm sure most can't but dip in and out when you can last year's was fantastic 
Um, it's so great to get so many superb guests on. This is what I have to say. Learn a little bit uh, and pop back because sometimes you get a difference of opinion a bit later on from someone else as well. And it's great to hear both sides of those arguments that people put forward. So make sure to check it out. Dynasty Wildcard this Saturday. Um, Ali, anything else from you, sir, before we wrap this one up? No, you can just find me on FF Dynasty Grill. Um, I've got big time back into writing articles, which I've... I haven't done for for quite a while now, so I've I've got the the bug for it. So you can catch some of my articles coming out on King Fantasy Sports. Um, and yeah, just yeah. thanks for having me on, Dan. I've had a had a good time chatting, chatting fantasy football, and we didn't we didn't talk too much about the Buccaneers, but um, we we all know that we're going to win the Super Bowl this year again. <laughs> of course we are. Of course we are. Um, again, Ali, I'd like to thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. It's always great to to meet you guys that we chat so much online and stuff and to put a name and a face to it is, is fantastic um with that do follow ali do follow us five yard rush on facebook twitter and instagram um, and until next week don't remember keep rushing HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive, who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm gonna do this to protect myself. Do it for them, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 